I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric Edholm of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right. This is The Big Douglas Show. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Big Pooh is with us today. And our guest from The Athletic is David Aldridge. David, thanks for hopping on with us today. Of course. My my pleasure, fellas. Super excited about this one, David. I've been a huge fan of yours for a long time as a young journalism student. Ah, say back when, but uh, I'm curious. You've had a, uh, you've been a writer, uh, and you've done TV work with TNT, yeah. and now with the Athletic, it's an online only thing. Kind of brand new to the game when it started. I'm curious the difference and what you like about each one, maybe. Well, I, Doug, I always. Even when I was on TV, I always said I was a writer who was on television. Um, I just there's something to be said for television. It is an incredibly it, it is it is a more powerful medium than print, to be sure. There's nothing. TV goes through you like you can read a word on a page and have a reaction to what you're reading. But you have a physical reaction to what you see on television. It's just it, it's I don't know what it is about the medium. It's just it's so pervasive. So TVs are incredibly powerful medium. So people who are good on television are tend to be really successful because it's once you're good on TV, you can pretty much convince anybody of anything. You know what I mean? So um, I love television. Well, I should say I liked television. I love writing. I just that's just how I express myself. It's how I've expressed myself my entire life. Um, I'm a person that tends to kind of observe and then say, this is what I think about what I just saw. Um, and so that is much more in line with writing than it is with TV. Um, and I, I can take more time. I can get the words right. W- words are important to me. I, I want to get them right, you know, so I can edit myself and have other people help me through the editing process. So I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I think I'm, I, I think I prefer writing to TV as much as I understand and respect the medium of television. David, I'm, I too like Doug. I'm a longtime fan. Oh, um, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, so this is, this is definitely an honor for me and both for both of us having you on. Um, I, my question is what inspired you to get into journalism and, and what has kept you here so long? Um, well, you know, it was a, a series of things like I grew up in DC. So, and I grew up in the seventies. So I read the post every day and every day there was another story from these two guys named Woodward and Bernstein about the president. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, wow, these two guys, they're, they're going, you know, they, they have, they have as much power as the president does, you know, like that was a revelation to me. Like all this stuff is happening because of these stories, these guys are writing. And it's not that I wanted to be a political writer. Cause I, I never really did, but I, I realized the power of journalism. Like if you find out stuff that's important, you can change the course of the country and the history, right? So that's that's what kind of got me kind of thinking about it a little bit. And then I kind of forgot about it for a while because I I really thought I was going to be like a high school history teacher. That's really what I thought I was going to do with my life. I love history. I love explaining things to people or at least what my interpretation of what happened to people. And um and I thought I'd be a history teacher. And then when I was in college, I went to American here in DC. And so when I went to college, I got on the school paper and started thinking about journalism again. Um, but it wasn't sports. I thought, okay, well, 
maybe I'll be a, you know, either like a local writer, write about like city council and stuff like that, or write about crime or whatever. Um, I never thought it was going to be sports. That just kind of, that was a series of accidents, which I can go to in, into excruciating detail about <laughs> if you want. But um, that's what that I wound up. It was really not what I was expecting to go into sports. And, uh, and I wound up going into sports and I, I've always told people like, um, if you're on deadline, like back in the old days when I was working for the post, you know, you had to, you had a certain amount of time to write a story, right? So if, if you had to be done by 1130, let's say at night, you're covering a game, game ends at 1015. You have to have your story written by 1130. It has to be done. They can't wait. They can't hold the paper for you. They're going to publish it without you. So your story's got to be done. And so you have an hour to write, summarize what you just saw over those last two and a half hours and talk to people in the locker room and, and try to find out what the story was that night. And that's not for everybody. You know, everybody can't be that quick in that turnaround, you know, and that's, that's when I fell in love with it because I was like, Oh my God, I love this so much. Just the idea of, I have to get this done. Like there's no, there's no makeup exam. They're not going to be, they're not going to be understanding if I blow deadlines, they're going to fire me. You know, like I need to be, I need to get this done. And that really kind of roused me to like fall in love with it. So that's, I've been in love with it ever since, you know, just the whole notion of covering the, the best athletes in the world, doing what they're doing. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. I haven't found anything like it, you know, like it's just, it's, it's, it's remarkable just to watch, you know, somebody, a, a great, a great basketball player or a great quarterback or a great pitcher, you know, I get jazzed when I go to a Nats game and watch Scherzer pitch. I go to, when when the football team played the Buccaneers, I got jazz watching Tom Brady go to work. I mean, he was amazing, you know, and I love telling stories like that. And I still do. David, uh, you're from D.C. I'm curious where you think D.C. kind of ranks when you start putting sports towns together. Everybody thinks yeah. they've got the best town when it comes to sports. But really from high school all the way up to the pros, D.C. is wrought with talent. I'm, yeah. I'm curious where you think we stand as a as a fan but base. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of, you know, there's different fan bases. Like, you know, I would not include, I would not rank D.C. with cities like New York or Philly or Chicago or Detroit that are kind of lunatic fans. You know what I mean? Like, there's no rational fans. In, there's very few rational fans in those cities. Like, they're all in. Like, they're, they're, their teams are the best, and you suck, and everybody else sucks. And, uh, you know, so you can't. They just they're different. It's just a different level of and I and it's not one that I particularly care for just because I think it's irrational. You know, and I understand fans are rational generally, but but most fans that I know are realistic about their team, right? Whether they like them or not, like you could love the team that you know was a losing team, but they're still your team, right? So I I I like that. So I would say DC is a very strong sports town, very strong. Like you mentioned, the high school especially with basketball has been strong since I was a kid, you know, going back to the, to, to the early eighties, um, you know, the high school's always been, and it's been, and it's not just like one league or one team. It's, it's strong throughout, like the public schools in DC and Virginia and Maryland are strong. The private schools are strong. The Catholic schools are strong. All of them, they're all good, you know? So um, they've been good. The college scene's been pretty good in basketball for a very long time with Georgetown and Maryland certainly leading the way over the years. 
Um, you know, the pro teams have had their ups and downs, certainly. Um, but, you know, recently they've won, you know, the Nats won the World Series three, two years ago. The Caps won the Stanley Cup three years ago. The Mystics won the NBA, WNBA two years ago. So, I mean, it's pretty strong. I think this is a pretty good sports team. I think it's, it's mature, to be sure. Um, the, the old joke at, when I was at the Post was that there's only 30,000 hockey fans in the whole area and 20,000 of them go to the game. <laughs> so, you know, that we used to believe that we know that's obviously not true anymore. Right. So, um, so that, so it's mature and the Nats come into town really, I think helps solidify it. Cause you need baseball. You got to have a baseball team. I think in, in your town to, to really be in the discussion about, you know, a good sports town. I think you need a baseball team because baseball is such a long season. Like you really have to pay attention to know how a team's doing over, over six months. So I think DC is a very, very strong sports town, um, you know, compared to just about any other city in the country. I mean, I certainly, you know, you know, I'm thinking about Dallas and, and cities like that and LA and San Francisco and Denver, um, St. Louis. I think DC more than holds its own with all those cities. David, you, you mentioned it. And while we can't, particularly tell with our um nba team in dc but <laughs> right the dc area is a very strong basketball area yeah. can you just explain to people how in love with hoops the dmv area is because i you know judging from the nba team you would never know <laughs> well it has the, the nba team has a part in it but it's a long time ago right so right um but yeah i mean i've always said i always thought people get it wrong because you know the football team was so good for a long time that people think this is a football town and they keep telling the people this is not a football town there's no other football team it's not like there's crazy college football in DC. There's not, I mean, Maryland occasionally is okay. And that's about it, you know, but they're, they've struggled to be good. The high school scene, there's a few good teams, but it's not like every, you can go to any part of the area and you're going to find a good football team. That's not true. You know, but in basketball, again, if you go back, like when I was, when I was growing up, I went to DeMatha and the, the Catholic league was great. You know, you had great teams. I saw Johnny Dawkins play when I when he was 14 years old at Mackin. You know, I saw great players at Carroll. Derek Lewis who went on to play at Maryland, had a great career at Maryland, played for, for Carroll. St. John's had really good teams. Um, but so did the public schools in D.C. You know what I mean? And they had just as long a history. Spingarn had Dave Bing, who's in the Hall of Fame in the NBA in the 60s. You know what I mean? They've had an incredible uh, history. Dunbar has an incredible history with, with basketball going back 50 years to when they were they were great players. Elgin Baylor played in D.C. You know what I mean? He's a Hall of Famer. You know, he and that, he played here in high school. He played for Western High School, which is now Duke Ellington School of the Arts. So the history of, of basketball in this town is deep and then you then you add the colleges with Maryland and Lefty you know in the late 60s making that a national program then John Thompson comes in makes Georgetown a national program wins a national championship you know gets to the final game three times in four years with Patrick Ewing Maryland wins a chip with Gary Williams I mean even you know go to UDC which was division two 
they won a national championship the same year Georgetown won a national championship in Division One. You know, with with the with the late great Will Jones, and Will Jones is one of the greatest players who ever played at my alma mater, American University. So it just keeps going. It keeps rolling in on itself. This history here is deep history, and even the Wizards even though they haven't been relevant for a long time in the seventies, they made four NBA finals, you know? So they were, they were one of the best teams in basketball for a decade. That's really hard to do, you know? So, um, you know, it's just the, the history of hoops in this town is, is I think as good as any in the country, any in the country. We'll, we'll get to the wizards, but yeah. while we've got you here, I, I know, Correct me if I'm wrong, but you were in Barcelona, and I'd love to hear about it. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, I was there for the for the dream team. It's the one time I demanded to be to cover a story. Yeah, I bet. I went to my boss's office in the fall of '91, and I said, "I don't care what, I don't care what you tell me. I'm covering the dream team. Now I can either cover it for this paper, or I'll cover it for somebody else." Right. <laughs> um, and he happily said, "Okay, you're on it. It's your beat." And you know, let me go. Um, it was it was unbelievable. Um, I can't even describe how good they were. It was, it was uh, my favorite stat from that, from that Olympic team is Chris Mullen. And this is not, I'm not exaggerating. Chris Mullen, you can go look it up. Chris Mullen shot 75% on three pointers in the Olympics. He shot 75% on threes. That's, that's how good that team was. You know what I mean? So they were, it was amazing. It was amazing watching how people reacted to them and watching how they played. They were, I mean, they were so, I mean, it's different. They were so much better than everybody else. And it wouldn't be that way now because the rest of the world's caught up. But back then, you know, the U S team was head and shoulders above everybody else. The only team that could have given them a game is if the Yugoslavia team had stayed together. Yugoslavia team had Kukoc and Petrovic and Dino Raja. They had some, some really good yeah. players on that team but Yugoslavia broke up they broke up and they you know they went into two teams they were oh, good yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. but not great you know if they had stayed together they would have been great but they didn't so um so the U.S. team was far better than anybody else so they played you just wanted to see they were playing against basketball I've always said that they weren't playing against whatever team they were playing they were playing against the game how good can we be how how efficient how how devastating can we can one basketball team be and it was it was just it was spectacular they were as good as you can imagine um i think they i think the average margin of victory was 46 points um they just it was it was devastating they were devastating that was my first olympics um i got to cover wrestling and volleyball and some other stuff too that was a lot of fun i you know and Barcelona is a breathtakingly beautiful country, a city and a beautiful country. Um, and it was it was one of the highlights of my career for sure. It was fantastic. Yeah, I, I always felt it was a crime that Isaiah Thomas wasn't on that on that team. Um, that was yeah, that was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Shaq and Shaq like, should have been on that one too. Like Isaiah said, I met the criteria. I just I should have I could have been on the team, but I wasn't. That's what he said in the last game. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You should have been on the team, but you, you should have been on the team. <laughs> um this this Olympics, Tokyo Olympics, uh yeah. Bradley Bill, 
finally yeah. gets to represent yeah. Team USA. How do you think that's going to play out? Not necessarily on the court for him, but just mm-hmm. the recruiting that goes on hey, that's by real. players. Yeah. No, no question. That's <laughs> real. And during the Olympic time. I will be fascinated to see how Bradley Beal recruits, does the recruiting. He's going to be recruited. We all understand that. But what's wrong with Bradley Beal saying, hey, why don't you come to D.C. and play with me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, you can do that, too. You know what I'm saying? So um, I've always felt that there were three cities that if they ever got their team right, they would be – people would flock to come and play there. The three cities were – I'm not making this up – Golden State, Atlanta, and Washington <laughs> because guys love to go to Atlanta. Guys love to come to D.C. Guys love to go out to the Bay. They love it. They just have the best time out there. They do whatever, you know, whatever guys are into, you know, guys are into whatever they're into, but they love doing it here. And I know that because you can tell how badly if you see a game played at a one o'clock game on a Saturday or Sunday, (laughs) that's right. You know, the fellas had a good time the night before because they lose by 30 every time. It's Iverson will come here. I swear to God. Philly would come here and lose by 30 every game. They would purposely they would schedule Philly to come play play the Wizards at one o'clock on Saturday or one o'clock on Sunday, and the, and Iverson would be like four for twenty eight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They would lose um, because guys like coming here. They have a good time here. So there's nothing saying Bradley Beal can't be aggressive and saying, you know, to whomever I know. Just talk about Lillard being unhappy in Portland. Dame, why don't you come to DC? You know, come play with me in DC. Or it's, or I don't know if Tatum's going to leave Boston, but you know, you can recruit. You can recruit and goes both ways. Is what I'm saying. It doesn't have to just be I don't want to be with these Wizards anymore. Bradley Beal can say, why don't you come play with me and we can win a championship here. So I'll, I'll be fascinated to see how that works. Tommy Shepard is a grinder and a lifer. Yeah. How, how does the league see him? How do you see him? I think Tommy's done a really good job. I, you know, and I, I didn't know that that was going to be the case when he got the job because he'd never done it before, you know, like, um, so you have to, you can only judge people by what they do when you see them do it. Right. So um, he has, you know, taken a, a very difficult situation because you can't lose, you know, what John Wall was their franchise player and they lost him. He got hurt and he can't play anymore. Not at that level. You know, and that's hard to come back from. You can't, you don't just recover from that in six months. Um, and so they went toward that, not toward down, but they decided that they were going to play young guys two years ago and see what they could come up with and develop and thought they did a decent job of that. And then, you know, this past year, they got Russell Westbrook. And I mean, Russell, I didn't know, I knew Russell was good still. I didn't know if he was good. I don't know if he could be great again. You just don't know because you haven't seen him. And he was great. He was great this year. Um, now, can he do that again next year? I don't know. But I know he did it this year. So um, I think Tommy's done a really good job. I mean, I think the fact that they, you know, they haven't had a top five lottery pick, it makes it very difficult to, to get the draft right because, you know, you you have a better chance of being right with a higher pick. Um they, you know, Hachimura has shown signs this year that he could be a decent player. You know, Abdiya got hurt, so you can't really, really tell much from his rookie year. But I think they, I think Tommy's done as good a job as you could 
expect given their they don't really have much cap room they haven't had a really high draft pick and yet the team managed to get into the playoffs this year now i get it look i said they should trade bradley two years ago i wanted them to start over i wanted them to trade bradley get a bunch of draft picks be bad for two or three years get top three top four picks and then see what you got they didn't do that they made the playoffs last year so we'll see this is a huge summer for Tommy and for the team because he's got to add another great player or Bradley's going to walk. That's the bottom line. Bradley's going to walk. He can be free agent after next year. They got to add another dynamic player and win big next year. When I say big, I mean like 50 win big to keep Bradley here. I think that's my opinion. That's not, I'm not saying that's reporting. That's just my opinion. David, I know there's been round tables on uh, the athletic uh, discussing possible well not possible but where the wizards should go as far as their next head coach um yeah. where where do you think or what do you think they should be looking for in their next uh head coach i think it's i think you if you're going to continue on this path which is we're going to try and continue to build around Beal and now westbrook right it's going to be hard not impossible it's going to be hard to bring in a first-time head coach i think as much as I would love for them to hire Wes Unsell Jr. because I just think he's got all of the things you want in a head coach. And I think he could really be a big time kind of the same way Rivera came in with the football team and just kind of changed everything. I think Wes Jr. could do that here. I think really do. I, he's that kind of guy. He, he's, he commands respect. He's not a yeller, not a screamer, but, but players respect him. But, I can see them saying, well, we got to make sure that we have a guy that really can, that's done it before and that the veterans on this team are going to respect immediately and they're not going to challenge. So I get that. I get that. So if you told me they were going to bring in, you know, Mike D'Antoni, if they were going to bring in Kenny Atkinson, or they're going to bring in Terry Stotts or somebody like that has been a head coach. Yeah, I could live with that. I could live with that. Um, but I love, I love Wes Jr. I think he's a good fit. Um, I, I, I would not, to me, I would not bring someone like Becky Hammond in, first-time coach. She's going to have to deal with so much wherever she goes. It's just I don't think this is the right kind of team for her. I think she should be with a young team that's rebuilding, like Orlando would make sense to me for her. That's a young team. They're very, their expectations are we want to develop this group it's not we want to win 50 games and, and make the Eastern Conference Finals next year. And I think that would be better for as better for any first time head coach. But I think she will have an additional burden that's obvious that male coaches aren't going to have. And so she's going to have to be in the place that gives her the best chance to succeed. Whoever they, whoever they get, I, I hope they bring a defensive mentality with them because I swear yeah. it's <laughs> the bottom of the barrel defensively for the boys. I don't know. Pick a year. I just yeah. No, they they were they were they were better the second half of this year. But you're right. I mean, they were not a good defensive team under Scott Brooks for most of his time here, and that was part of the problem. You know, to be point blank, they just were not good enough defensively. Um, and a coach has to come in and demand. Is a is a young again first time head coach, but I don't you know. So I don't know if they would bring him in. But Jamal Mosley from Dallas, I think, would be another guy that could come in hold the vets accountable and still, you know, 
be young enough that he could grow with and help the, and help develop the young guys. And Dallas does an excellent job of player development down there. So, um, but you're right. They got to get better defensively, no matter who the coach is. Um, you can't just accept giving up 130 points a game just because the other team's capable. You got to try and stop them. You know, you have to have people that talk and communicate, you know, Gafford helped for sure when they got him. And that's another great move that Tommy Shepard made, you know, turning a guy that wasn't playing at all and Troy Brown into a guy that's going to be a big part of their future in Daniel Gafford. Um, but talking they, about they, Troy Brown as a sore spot around here, because we were hoping to get more <laughs> minutes. Dude, look, that's one of the things I didn't understand about Scott. And I like Scott as a person. He's a good guy. But if you draft a guy in the first round, he's supposed to be part of your rotation. You know, like you got to find out if he can play or not. Like you got to give him minutes and give him a year or two and see if he blossoms. I was always told they'll tell you in year three, year three, they'll tell you if they belong here or not. If they haven't told you by year three, they're not ever going to tell you. You know what I mean? And I think that's generally true for non-superstar players, right? Like obviously LeBron was great for minute one, right? So we knew that that's an easy one, but a guy like Troy Brown, that, that isn't easy that you may have to like take some time to really see. I don't think they ever did that here. Now to their credit, they moved on. Um, and again, I think Gaffert will help this team next year. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I, we were all like, what is he doing? Like they don't, he doesn't ever play him. And then he plays him 30 minutes and then doesn't play him for two weeks. It was weird. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think the next coach definitely, um, well, one, him and Tommy better be on the same page. Yeah, right, but, right, right, right. <laughs> uh, the next coach need to definitely take the time to develop the younger players so we know yeah. you know what you have. Like, yeah. you know what you have in Avdia. You know what you right. have in whoever they'll be drafting this year. So, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, David, I like to pivot to the football team. Brought them sure. up a few times as we're getting close to, 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 to that time of year of training camp. What are your expectations for the Washington football team this season after the year they had in the offseason? I mean, I'm not usually optimistic. <laughs> but, yeah. but We're I in a group say, that way. Right? You know, but I, I must say, like, I could – you. I think you could be optimistic this year. Like, my guess is – like, it's always about the quarterback. I get that. Yeah, of course it's always about the quarterback. My guess is that that they will get decent play out of either Fitzpatrick or Heineke enough weeks that they should win a, more games than lose. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying they're going to throw for 6,000 yards and 60 touchdowns. What I'm saying is they won't lose a game. Like, they're not going to throw three picks. Now, that may happen once or twice with Fitzpatrick, but it's not going to happen every week. You know what I mean? Like, most weeks I think he's going to be decent. And I think – if he's not, I think Heineke, like, oh, no, he looked awfully good in that playoff game. <laughs> <He did. laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, I and mean, he's he developed a following, too. He looked awfully comfortable in that game. <laughs> he's got a following of people that want him playing, too. Believe me, they beat me up on Twitter all the time. I just – all I'm saying is, like, young guys tend to not play well in playoff games. They don't, they struggle. It's hard because it's pressure. This is, you know, you play all season. You got the vets, vets want to win. You want to win. And young guys in every sport tend to not play well in the postseason. And in the biggest game against Tom Brady, this guy balled out. <laughs> I mean, 
He was throwing darts and running. And all I'm saying is, you might want to take another look. That's all I'm saying. And it might, maybe it was a one-time wonder and it'll never happen again. But let's, I might want to take a look at young fella in a, in a couple of regular season games this year. So I think that they'll be okay. I think they got a chance to be good. The defense should be really good. I mean, it, it feels be. a little like, different this time, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, they, they're all on the same page now. Year two with, with Del Rio, they know what he wants to do, and they, they do it the way he wants to do it. Um, you know, I don't know. We'll find out about Davis. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's an adjustment playing in the pros. It may take him a while. Um, but I think one of the most underrated things that very few people talk about is they get Nionitis back. Nionitis might have been yes. the best defensive lineman the last two years. You know, I mean, just doing everything, like stopping the run and rushing the passer. He was, he was really good. And they get him back to add to the group they had last year. You know, Curl plays a full year now, you know, in this system. And, and you know, I, I don't know how it's going to work with Landon Collins. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know. But I think that defense has a chance. And they signed Jackson, who's by all accounts a really good cornerback. Um, so I think that defense has a chance to like dominate, you know, that would be my expectation is that that should be a top five level defense this year. Um, and then now offensively, I think they've added enough weapons, you know, Samuel's going to help a lot, I think, um, you know, kind of diversifying the offense and doing different things. And, um, you know, I think he'll help McLaurin just because they'll have to for the first time actually cover the other guy on the other side of the field, <laughs> you know, so um, that'll help. Gibson had a great rookie year. I mean, if he can stay healthy, there's no reason to expect that he won't have a good second year. I like bringing in Leno on the offensive line. He's a solid left tackle. He's, you know, he started a bunch of games in Chicago. Um, you know, we'll see about Cosme. I don't know. You know, you don't know until they get out there and play. We'll see. Um but I think they have a chance. I do. I think they have a chance to be really good. Now they're you know, the schedule is brutal. It's brutal. Um, but they have a chance, I think, to be, you know, a legit 10, 11 win team if they can stay healthy. And it's all with football, it's always injuries. That's the only that's the only thing that matters is how healthy you are at the end of the year. If you're if you're not healthy, you have no chance. Yeah, Particularly think- this year with the extra game. Right, 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 exactly. Right. If you if you said it before, I haven't heard it. I, I'm curious your thoughts on this two year name change process. Do you do you have like uh, do you have one that is your favorite, or are you just ready for it to to stick a name on there? Honestly, and move along? you know what? I'm not real. I'm not, I like Red Tails because of the you know the military historic connotation. That was fine. I didn't mind that. Um, but if they want to get away from that, that's fine with me. I mean, as long as they don't come up with some stupid name like the squirrels or something like you know what I mean like it's um but yeah it's okay I mean I don't I don't mind Washington football team I kind of like it I, I think it's kind of think it's cool, gonna stay different there. you know like you know I don't mind that if they kept that I wouldn't mind it yeah but if they want to change it to something else okay you know as long as it's not kitschy and dumb you know um yeah I, th- I think we've all grown accustomed to the Washington football team at this point and- yeah right Kind of makes sense. It sounds it sounds decent, right? The, co- the, co- the color stayed once- the same. That was the yeah, important. The color stayed the same. Exactly. Yeah. So I would have like no said, problem. Once with they that start whatsoever. spending money on it, you know, once they started putting they spending money right. on the Washington football team signs. Right. 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 Yeah. People don't exactly. like throwing money away. No, that's true. That's true. And there's equity in it now because it was successful last year. You know, like so. It's not like 
they changed that they changed the name and they went one in 15 and everybody hates them again you know what i mean like people are actually like the team now so you know you might you may stick with that because people like your product now for the first time in 20 years you know absolutely david aldridge we thank you once again sure. we're honored to have you on we thank you we don't oh, want to gosh, take up too you, much man. of your time yeah, um, anytime. I know I talk way too much on these. Oh things. no, no, <laughs> we love it. I, I can, I can, I can listen to the stories all day. Like I said, I've been reading, you know, you when you were in the post or at the post, excuse yeah. me, and all the way up to now at the athletic. So, well, I, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you, and seriously, anytime you have me on, I'd be happy to come back. Thank you, thank you. Uh, just let the people know where they can find you online. I mean, obviously, they can find you at the athletic. Yeah, yeah, at the athletic. Um, um, you know, I think it's a really good product. I, I mean, I would say that even if I didn't work there, just because I think for $5 a month or $6 a month, whatever we're charging now, you get an awful lot of content. I can't read it all. So if you're like a sports fan, you just love all sports. I mean, it's pretty good. So, I mean, I'm on, I'm on there. Check out the DC page. I, if I, I'm usually writing something about one of the local teams or right now, you know, this time of year, I'm writing about the NBA playoffs a lot. So um, I try to do both. I like doing both. I like to write about the league because I love the league, but I also like writing about the Nats and the football team. You know, I don't write about the Caps just because nobody cares what I have to say about hockey. I get that. That's fine. <laughs> so, but baseball, football, I try to stay on top of a little bit more um, as well as the, as well as the basketball. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a good product. We have a great staff here in DC. And, um, you know, if you haven't given us a shot, take a look at it. Just take a look. I think you'll like it. You basically give it away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean like it to me, it's like, okay, it's literally one less trip to Starbucks per month. That's what it is. <laughs> like that's if it. you decided I'm just going to brew a pot today. <laughs> that's, and then for that once a month, I can read the athletic. I mean, I think that's a pretty good deal. <laughs> Absolutely. More, more than worth it. I've, I've, I've had it for two years now. It's more than worth it. Thank more you. Than worth thank it. you. Yeah. No, worth thank it. you all. Sir. Thank you for having me, man. You know, good luck to you guys. It's a, it's you, a good pod and I enjoy, enjoy talking to you. Thank you very much. Have a good day, Dave. Okay. You guys too.